I mean, I don't see anything wrong with assholes. And welcome, welcome. <laughs> to the Down in Front Podcast, the official podcast of downinfrontpodcast.com. Thanks so much for joining. If this is your first episode, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Usually on the Down in Front Podcast, we review movies, TV shows, nerdy games, all sorts of things. But tonight, we're going to be giving you a bit of a special episode as we normally do. Uh, it's our, it's going to be our 2018 sort of wrap-up recap of the year. Um, so I have a bunch of my best friends. We're going to be talking about some of our movies and TV shows that we really dug from 2018. We'll go through the list in a moment, and we're going to have a nice conversation about it. And then lastly, we're going to actually end with um, one of the movies that we're looking forward to for 2019. So before I get ahead of myself, I'm going to toss it over to my crew, uh, the guys who I love dearly. Uh, This guy, he's amazing. He has probably the best voice around who's allegedly from Memphis. Show me the birth certificate. Don't believe it. Uh, Mouth of the South. Look at that! Look at that photo, <laughs> and you can see, as I know, as you're a UCF fan, you know what that logo means back there. They they lost, Rylan. They did lose, but that's me, and I'm in Memphis. I think that's I, just you in a Memphis bar in Boston. Yeah, I can <laughs> there's easily, no Memphis bars in Boston. I can uh, easily yeah. Photoshop. Let me do yeah, this. yeah, I can oh, easily what Photoshop. Is, what does it, it say for the? Uh, I can easily go to yeah, Memphis, Rylan, and oh, take a picture. Oh, look, there. look at that! Look at that! It says I'm, in I'm pretty sure. You can also I'm edit sure the metadata was, so easily. The GPS doesn't lie. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure no. Blue has photos this last year from Tennessee. So is he from Nashville? No. But it counts. What 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 do you want to see? Do you want to see pictures from the day I was born in the hospital? Yes. Yes. Oh. That, yeah, that's kind of gross. Right now, <laughs> prison don't exist because cameras didn't exist when I was born. <laughs> Mouth of the South. We are already getting saucy here tonight, so I'm super excited. Brylan, what are you sipping on tonight? I am sipping on my gentleman Jen and Jack. Uh, <laughs> not Jen and Jack. Gentleman Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh this this podcast is gonna go great. <laughs> I swear, we haven't even started drinking that. (laughs) I'm sipping on Gentleman Jack, and I'm loving it, and I'm enjoying life. As we usually would do, we're going to mess it around a little bit, so if you want to go ahead and raise your glass. Brylin, who are you going to be sending your sip to for tonight's episode? I'm going to send my sip out to the movies of 2018. Um, It is, I think the year was a fantastic year, not only for great movies, but great diversity in movies. Like you could build a top 10 list of all superhero movies and they would all be great. Or it could be all um, dramas and they'd be great. So I appreciate that 2018 was full of a lot of things, a lot of movies that were different genres, but also spoke about different things that represented different people as well. So thank you, movies of 2018. Keep it coming. 
There you go. Um, I did actually give that Cindisip last time, last episode, but I'm gonna I'm gonna allow it. I'm gonna allow no, it. No, you just said the year 2018 last time. And the movies. <laughs> the talking pictures. Well, Brian, uh, it's always good to see your face. I'm excited to get your input to, to see, see how many things that you are right and could be wrong about. Who knows? I'm right about all of it. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> uh, sending it over to my best friend, the guy who looks great, who could be the single greatest greatest luck charm for the Celtics because every time he's gone to a game they haven't lost in two years the shredder blew it what's going on man what you sipping on tonight and who are you sending your sip to I, I was at a couple of those Cavs games last year so we'll not let's not get ahead of ourselves uh, <laughs> so yeah I'm Mike I'm the shredder uh, with an A at the end of it even though Warren uh, pronounces these, his ERs uh, tonight I am drinking a one thing led to another by Beard Brewing Company. That's B E E R apostrophe D, and it's phenomenal. I bought it because I thought it looked like the Buddha on the can cover, uh, but it, it's not. It's just some guy throwing some wires together. He's slightly overweight. No idea what I was thinking. Um, also, I don't know if we were saying this, but I've officially started my Marvel rewatch. So congratulations Already? to me! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Congrats. Yeah, I'm okay. actually watching media as, a, as opposed to the one thing. The, I feel like the only reason I'm on this week's podcast is because I don't have to watch anything. It's just reviewing <laughs> the crap that I've already watched. <laughs> no, but I've, I've, watched, I've watched Marvel and I've, I'm a start of the the, uh, the Runaways. Uh, so we'll eventually have a 2018 Marvel TV wrap up, I assume, sometime. Maybe. I'll do it on my own. I'm not going to record it. I'm just going to scream just, at my like roommate. I'm just shaking <laughs> your I'm just shaking myself. my head. I'm not going to be on that episode. Yeah, that's no. fair. That's fine, Warren. Um but yeah, uh rewatching it, uh the first couple ones and the magic is real. Um So are you that, sending a sip to yourself for watching stuff? No, of course not. I'm sending my my uh sip to Wilson. Again? Again? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no, 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 no. Sorry. I feel like that's a misnomer. <laughs> it's not Wilson the, you know, the volleyball. It's Wilson the dog. The dog? Yeah. So uh, my f- girlfriend's roommate's friend slept over my girlfriend's house for, um, what's it called? The New Year's and brought her dog who is a chevalier, which I've never seen that type before, which was fantastic, cool. uh, wow. but whose dog's name was Wilson, and he was phenomenal the whole weekend. Send us okay. to Wilson. Okay. All right, Wilson. Well, I thought for sure you are going to go with uh, Tim Allen's Wilson from Across the Fence, so that's your no, next No, that's one. about six weeks from now when everyone forgets, okay. and I can bring it back up again. <laughs> Or Mr. Is Wilson it, from Dennis the Mints. There's That's so about many six months from now when everyone forgets and I can bring up it again. Or President Woodrow Wilson. Ooh. That's about be. 24 years from now. Oh, man. <laughs> I hope I'm alive then. Well, it's uh, great to see both your faces. My name is Warren. I'm going to be your host this evening. Uh, what I am currently sipping on is what I had left in my house because this is the first time in my apartment in about a month and it's been great. Uh, I am sipping on some Paxis Red Blend. It's quite good. And I shall raise my glass for uh, two people, well, really a person in the group, uh, to Rosie for making some bomb, 
bomb buffalo chicken dip and cornbread last night, which is great. Uh, thank you so much because she actually made both of those recipes up. And we started a new group called the Nine and Three Quarter Nerds that we're going to be doing some uh, read-throughs of Harry Potter's uh, name pending right now, but it's pretty hilarious. So I will send a sip to everybody that's in that group chat. So thanks so much. I will set us up because I wasn't invited. Well, because you don't like Harry Potter. You haven't seen the other I like fantastic... The I saw all the Fantastic Beasts. I've seen all the Harry Potter movies. You haven't read I just the haven't read the books. Yeah, the, well, we're reading the books. I don't have a scar. You're not cool enough. I'm sorry, right. Barlin. That's yeah. okay. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Anywho, tonight we are going to be giving you some quick hits. And so we would want to actually put in on top that we may be spoiling some of the movies from 2018 and also some of the TV shows. So we're going to be giving you some quick hits. The way that we're going to be organizing this is that we're going to talk about some of the most disappointing films in 2018. We talk about some of the best movie moments in 2018. Then we're going to go to the best movies. Um, and then after that, we're going to talk about our one most excited movie in 2019. So everything else is out of three. And so we're going to go from three to one and we're going to have talk about it. So um, at this point, if you haven't seen any of these movies that we're going to talk about or any good movies from 2018, this is your spoiler warning. So be prepared that you could be spoiled. the Downfront Podcast. We are in our spoiler section for our 2018 yearly review, wrap-up, recap, however you want to name it. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm with the Shredder and Brylin Mouth of the South, allegedly from Memphis himself. Uh, we're going to be getting into talking about our most disappointing films of 2018. So how we're going to do this is that each and every one of us, we're going to go talk about our number three movies. Then we're going to go to two together. Then we're going to end with number one. So I picking a number between one and five. I know that Blue It is first. So, Blue It, what is your most disappointing film from 2018? Number three. Bad Times at El Royale. How did that suck? <clears throat> Seriously, they had a great cast, uh, great trailer, uh, very exciting storyline, premise. The first. 20 minutes where they set up the location was really cool. It's like, okay, some some stuff happens over here. Some stuff happens over here. You didn't really know any of the characters. And then it sucked. You brought Thor in, and somehow Thor ruined it. Yeah. Thor's, been mean, the, it Thor's been the best part of every movie for the past, like, five years. You're not wrong. I, yeah, 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 and, like, how they mess that up. Yeah, I mean, Bad Times is the epitome of wasted opportunities. With everything you said, like, you think, I mean, from the title and just, like, from that opening scene, that you're going to have some really interesting uh, story uh, lines that they can actually play around with, just, like, with the 
dynamic of these characters, but also how the hotel is like split between two states and has one interesting aspect to it on one side, one interesting aspect to it on the other side, which never plays into the entire plot of the movie at all. And this coming from the uh, creator of uh, Cabin in the Woods, which was a very clever movie that had some really cool twists and turns and everything, you would think that would happen in this movie, but unfortunately, it just ends up being a bunch of bad people that end up killing each other. And that's did, it. did you have it on your list, Bryland? We'll get to that. <laughs> no all spoilers. Right, all right. No spoilers. Yeah, I would say, you know, the one thing I'm curious about is uh, I also didn't like this movie a lot. Um, and the bummer thing is that it, it seems as though everybody else in society loved this movie. So I'm curious to see more thoughts about it, um, thinking outside of the box and outside of the podcast. You, so You should at every one of those people and offer to fight them somewhere. And I will be back there with you because this is a terrible movie. I'll bring my trident. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Brick. <laughs> I was like, is that an Aquaman reference or uh, Anchorman? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure anymore. I don't, I don't. Yeah. Hey, 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 this is 2018. What do you mean, man reference? Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. It could be an anchor woman. Or- oh, that's an aqua person. <laughs> I thought they were talking about the aqua person. Anchor person, aqua person. <laughs> uh, uh, Riley, what's your number three? My number three most disappointing movie of 2018 is A Wrinkle in Time. Um, this movie, you would think, would be a stellar like fantasy that would make tons of money because you had incredible creative group of people brought together. You had Ava DuVernay actually overseeing everything and directing the movie that she's shown that she can make some really great movies as well before this. Uh, you had people like Chris Pine and Oprah Winfrey. And um, you had a young cast that looked really good in this trailer that they actually made for it. Uh, But then unfortunately it was a very, very boring film as well. And a very boring adaptation of one of the best sci-fi novels ever made. And it, even though Chris Pine is actually the best thing about the movie, they also waste a lot of, really expensive CG that leads to nowhere where we get even a, like a dancing scene with a leaf flying creature that is just to watch the leaf fly around and be happy and stuff. Uh, and you just really didn't get it. The acting you needed from the, um, two main young actors. Um, the girl was just kind of felt like she was reading her lines and didn't, couldn't express herself well. And then the boy, he was kind of creepy throughout the whole movie. It's like, I understand when you're young and those feelings first start to come up in you, but then how he expressed them was borderline mad creepy. Like, let's get him in a prison somewhere. So he's away from society. Um, but yeah, it was just a very bad movie. Ultimately. I can't agree with you even more. And it was kind of a bummer to the fact that, the cast, again, just like Bad Times at the El Royale, the cast was amazing, yet they put so much money in the marketing for this movie and how it was going to be groundbreaking and it really kind of fell flat. Yeah, Brian, I'll actually challenge you on Chris Pine being the best actor. I thought Michael Pena was. 
No, that was oh, the worst. Oh, come on. Michael oh, Pena was no. in two scenes and was stole them. Terrible. Stole they them. Make, they didn't make any sense. Yeah, but they were the best you scenes. Do, but you can do whatever character you want. It needs to make at least a lick of sense. It didn't make any sense. Well, the whole you movie first didn't make any sense. So what, yeah, why I know. is the character... Chris Pine at least acted like a dad that cared for his kids. And you could believe it. I feel like okay. he was drawing on real life and he has stuff. Lies. <laughs> and and he has blood. My number three <laughs> most disappointing movie of 2018, and it may come as a shock to some people, but it's Black Klansman. Uh Super bummed because I was very excited about this film. Um, and while watching it, it definitely felt like it was more of a a pro-black, more hearty film that really wanted to kind of bring some more awareness from the actual black culture itself. I feel like the movie started that way, especially when you have um, the speakers and the Black Panthers and he's giving these speeches in this stylistic uh, view that Spike Lee did of, you know, basically rallying and kind of really telling people the fact that you don't necessarily have to worry about police because the police will always be shitty to you. We've seen that visibly in the actual film itself. And you actually have this um, sort of, work that you're actually being a little bit more hopeful to it for black people and how that is a huge difference between how cops and police are treating black people in that time. Everything else in the movie, it really was a different story. I mean, like I understand that I can't remember his name, John, maybe uh, Denzel Washington's son, uh, uh, John I, David Washington, John David Washington. And so Adam driver in the film itself, I feel like that, it didn't really kind of pan out for what I liked, um, even for the fact that they really kind of blamed the KKK and racism on one police officer, and then they locked him up and all the other stuff that they kind of happened with it, and it seemed like he kind of wrapped it up in a neat little bow, which that's not it quite the actual case. I know, I know, that's why it felt like it wrapped it up in a bow once the police officer was arrested. We were kind of left with some things that were not entirely sure what it meant, and I'd rather you not be vague about something of the KKK and how those people are inherently evil. I'd rather you be a little bit more direct, not how they did it with the whole flashing of sequences, the woman getting hit by the car, Charlottesville. Like I, I can care less about that particular kind of case. And that was all the way at the end of the film. I felt like what you needed to do was kind of show me these characters and show us with these characters, less about Adam driver acting his chops and how he potentially could be Jewish. And I, I can care less about that story. I'd like to see more black people and more people being rallied behind, you know, looking at, um, what's actually going on with those characters, especially John David Washington's character. And it didn't really seem like he was being, um, kind of pulled kind of left into the right. He just kind of felt wanted to do what he wanted to do and, um, show that police, not all policemen were bad. And I get that, but at that time they pretty were And in this movie, they pretty were. So at least a lot of them that were shown in this movie. So well, I was just kind of bummed about that movie. Warren, I think the, the scene where they lit up the cross was after everything. It was. Yeah, no, and, that's and it, that was that was like of. yeah, that was like the that was like the the coup de gras where like oh you arrested the one KKK uh, police officer, but then they just lit up a cross in the front yard of everyone else. But the police officer scene having some ties between the KKK had really for me had nothing to do with the cross burning scene at the end because that was just when all the other people blew up in the car. 
it just kind of passed along to the next guy and they still were going to do this thing. I felt like that's two different things though. I see what you're kind of talking about. I'm just curious to say that, okay, now the, now that we've arrested the whole racist guy, there's no more racist place in that force. Is no. there no more racism? No, in that I think the implication, no. I think the implication was that it always exists because they came back stronger with the cross turning. Yeah, but it's back impl- at that it, one asshole. Yeah, but it's asshole. it's implicit. I'd rather you be super direct. I'd rather you be something a little bit more different. Not make it vague. Not keep it vague. I know it's based on a buck, but they already took a bunch of creative liberties from it. So I'd rather you be like literally almost beat me over the head, especially because people are going to be watching this movie and they may have a bit of a different opinion what their fathers or family may have about the police, especially now in this day and age and how many people are still being shot by cops. So that's my only sort of issue that I have with black Klansman with Spike Lee kind of directing and making that movie. That's fair. And I get your, um, I get your point with your criticism, even like I, I mean, this is my personal taste in movies is that I don't like heavy headedness in movies. And that last scene with Charlottesville that they just feels like it's tacked on at the Mm -hmm. end. I felt that was way too heavy handed. Ended with the cross burning. You got a great movie. I agree. Um, yeah, and that was, that was yeah, my whole. Lee's, that was Spike Lee's return to form, honestly. Spike yeah. Lee, he doesn't do heavy handed well, but I think he does subtle. Uh, not even subtle. I mean, Don't Be a Menace was like. Or not to be a menace. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, no. What was, what, was the actual movie? What was the actual movie he did? Uh, do the right thing. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's racist. Uh, yeah. So do the right, do the right thing. Like that, everyone looked terrible in that, and I think that's what Spike Lee does best, where he makes movies where you don't especially feel good about anyone in them. And so, like what you said about uh, Black Klansman, like our main character, yeah, he plays a cop, and he plays it as a very passive person. Where I think you'd like to see. Like some, uh, like a black man being a very virtuous police officer, right? Like really championing that ahead. Not necessarily. I would want to see a black person in his environment saying, I understand not all black police, not, excuse me, not all black. I understand that not all police force are um, negative and like evil. At the same time, they put him across a pro uh, Black Panther woman lead in here and he's basically trying to convince her that she is wrong from her from what she's talking about and so you have this weird sort of relationship that he's creating in this movie and then we have a uh an over uh narration scene of talking about police grabbing people dragging people out on the ground lynching them and burning them Inside the same exact movie, it's like make up your mind what you want to do. But that's Spike you either Lee, gonna though. be Spike yeah, Lee uh, Spike but, Lee but, takes but I, but like one that. character that's, and conflicts them with the other one. Like he that's that's him at his best is just everyone is kind of wrong. You know, like that's that's how Spike Lee should operate. Where going to the extreme of being that that girl in the Black Panther, it probably isn't the right way to do it, of being like an extreme like, but she wasn't an extreme, though. But she like, was associated with, like, an extreme party. And then, but also, uh, Denzel's kid in the police force was also wrong. Because there was injustices that needed to be protested against. That they needed to be changed. And obviously, the KKK is completely wrong. I don't think yeah. that's a, a strong stance to take, you know. 
So yeah, I think uh, Blue and I are both uh, love this movie very much. We'll not find it that disappointing, but um, I think uh, Warren makes some really good points of that. This movie could have done better with its uh, social criticism. I think it's Most- I think it's Spike Lee's second best film outside of. Me uh, too. You know, well, do the right I, thing. But Mike, I think you're racist. So I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> what, do you racist. <laughs> what do you have for your number two, Brylin? Number two most disappointing film of 2018. Quick, quick clarification. Is that the worst film? That's the second worst. But it's the number two. Sorry, go ahead. All right. My my number two most disappointing you film waste of so much time. God damn, you waste so much time for that stupid job. Right. Sorry, sorry, Brian. I was like, ugh. Right. <laughs> my most disappointing number two film of 2018 is also Bad Times at the El Royale. For many of the reasons. Mike Blewett uh, brought up and we all spoke about, but um, yeah, another thing I would add is um, Chris Hemsworth can do a lot of great things, um, but if you tell him to make a Californian accent, it might not be the best choice to make. Oh, no. oh so bad. <laughs> Why was it that? Okay. Whose accent is worse? Chris Hemsworth's California accent or... Tom Hardy's Brooklyn accent. While Tom, living- Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. I would like to see them have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would well, be great. Well, if Sony got their way, you might see it. Ooh. Oh, I mean, I'm sure we will. I'm, I'm definitely sure that we will. Uh, my most disappointing film in 2018, number two, is Fantastic Beasts, The Crime of Grindelwald. Um, especially because, A, uh, Derek mentioned this, the fact that they really need to retitle this entire movies. I think it should be called The Wizarding War or something, The Great War. Something, the title was bad. It felt like the first 15, 20, minute, 20 minutes of this movie was basically retconning and deleting some stuff that she didn't quite agree with from movies movie number one, which I didn't like too much. I, As much as I enjoyed this movie, there were just so many things that just fell flat. Uh, and she kind of asked way too, one too many questions before giving us any answers at all. And it really felt like that kind of middle of the road film. Oh, road film. I did like the movie a lot. I enjoyed it. So I know a lot of people is going to go back and listen to our previous reviews. It's like, Warren, you said you love this film. I do. I love the film. I like all the things. It was still very disappointing because I really wanted it to be move the actual story along. My love for the film is for sure has these wine glasses on. I think that's the title, the term of it. So it was kind of bummer that it definitely didn't hit all the things that it needed to do. So Fantastic Beast, Crime of Grindelwald. It was my second disappointing film of 2018. Shredder, what yeah. you got? And I would I would kind of agree with that just because um, even though I thought it was better than the first Fantastic Beast, um, it, it's the it's kind of a situation where they decided to improve some things, but they didn't fix any of the problems of the first one. Those just came right along with it, and I think it kind of starts and ends with J.K. Rowling because she's actually writing the screenplays for these films but they do feel like she's writing books still and that's a totally different medium and the pacing just gets thrown off and is really tough and gets very drawn out when it doesn't need to i didn't see this movie because i heard <laughs> nothing good about it but like, yeah oh, that's crazy. well like There's seriously like the you know the first week you all these blockbusters that i feel like we're going to talk about during our best movies you heard something about 
And I heard literally nothing about Crimes of Grigawald. Maybe you need to get new friends. I, you're my friend, and you said nothing Whoa. about it. Whoa! <laughs> That's racist? Well, so I that, That's racist? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot condone. I, I barely know you through this. I plead the fifth. One, two, no. three, four, five. Well, I saw this movie three times in theater, so there's no way you talked to me, and I... And I couldn't tell you some good things about this movie. Again, I love this movie. I was just very disappointed in it. I don't listen to Warren about anything, so like that may be why I didn't hear anything good about it. So you can't hear black people talk? So, Blue, what's your <laughs> second, uh, second most disappointing film in 2018? <laughs> oh, it's got to go to Solo. Dude, I'm the hugest Star Wars fan that I know outside of Derek and a couple other people and, you know, 50% of the world. Um, so, but like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Like, if it comes down to a themed trivia, I think that I would do very good in Star Wars. Like, that's that's my bread and butter. Um, I've, you know, I've never, Guillermo hated Force Awakens. I loved Last Jedi, and I think those are two controversial statements. But, like, Solo... Dude, what even happened in that movie? Nothing. Who knows? They, they the canceled, castle run? They canceled the whole thing after that movie came out because everyone was so unimpressed by it. Like, if you're going to say the most beloved character in Star Wars history is going to get a solo film and potentially sequels. No, screw Skywalker. It's all about Han Solo. Skywalker's secondary at best. Tertiary. Skywalker for Halloween. Well, you were wrong. You should have been no. Han Solo. Han Solo is way better. Um, like R2 is a better character than Luke Skywalker. Give me a break. But so... Anyways, like uh, right opinions, uh, wrong opinions, opinions aside, uh, opinions in general. Um, <laughs> seriously, who cares what happened to this movie? Nothing good happened. And that that kills me as someone who's been a lifelong Star Wars film. I never imagined that I've ever watched anything related to Star Wars and been like, I have no feelings on this. Yeah. Um. I would say, I mean, this movie, it's its definitely something I'm not going to put on my most disappointing. Um, I mean, I had fun with it. It was enjoyable. It was comfort food for me, even if it was just, if it was Star Wars comfort food. But um, I think this movie kind of, we see this whole negative backlash that even started before its production. Like, it, they announced a solo movie and then the internet just lost their shit saying this is a bad idea. And, you know, it's not the internet's choice to make those decisions. It's Disney's. Um, but um, I, when the movie came out, yeah, I definitely wanted it to be better and everything. And I think it's definitely open for criticism. For it to get the amount of negativity that it's received, I think is a little too over-exaggerated for the type of movie it is. I watched this movie and beautiful 4k and my 4k new 4k tv the other day and i was like this is fun i like it i see i love solo and chewbacca teaming up for the first time i love everything about chewbacca in this movie and uh i love 
I mean, I love um, Childish Gambino's portrayal of uh, Lando as well. I think it was really done. I just think he was underutilized. Yeah, but I could have told you that Childish Gambino was going to be great as Lando six months before this movie came out. Like, to me, it's like one of those capitalism 101 things that if everyone's like, we don't want it, don't make it. You know, like... Uh, Well, what if I'm over here saying, give me? Yeah, well, you're wrong. (laughs) It was was a bad premise. It wasn't a bad movie. Like, it was a good... It was a good popcorn flick. Yeah. But that's I don't never, think so. That's never what I want out of a Star Wars movie. I want something I, that's going to push the genre ahead. Star Wars, when it came out originally, blew everyone's freaking mind. And then Empire came out three years later, and everyone's mind melted even more. And then Return of the Jedi came out, and it was like, whatever, that's fine. This is the end of the trilogy. You know, blew my young mind. Right. It was it was a very, very good movie, but like it was also just like, ah, oh, that's the logical conclusion. Yeah. Um, and then the prequels sucked. Yeah, so, but I was like 10 at the time, so I loved him. And then, uh, what was it called? Uh, Rogue One was freaking amazing. Like, that's what, they sh- that's what they should have been doing with all these movies. You're disappointing in Rogue One? Just well, because the character, I didn't like the characters. That's what it was. But how do you like the characters in Solo oh, and not yeah, like the right? characters in Rogue One? Like we said, that- it's comfort food. I know Solo. I know Lando. I know Chewbacca. Bryland is the reason I thought this bring made, it in this the- got, got made. I mean, yeah, I'm the reason why Solo was made. It's yeah, I mean, I mean, if I, if if we can have number like five, if we had a top five, Solo will be number number four most disappointing film. Of 2018, I really battle, but but it this wasn't on, a bad movie, really. and I think that people should go see it on like it, no. Well, we're not saying disappointing means that they are bad. Well, hold up, not all the movies we're putting on our disappointing film list are bad movies. I'm just saying from what the story that is, it was disappointing at least for me. I think somebody even mentioned it, like who can speak much better than I can, probably blew it. Um, it just kind of ruined the mystery that was behind all these stories that we really just didn't need to see. And I felt like it was just kind of filler. Uh, and then all the way at the end, you give us this teaser with Darth Maul that didn't, didn't feel like it was earned. Yeah. I, I have no, I have no qualms with the actual movie. I'm just disappointing in, everything else seems pretty bland. And then this is the tack on piece that you have at the end. Like, Warren's right about else. that. It it wasn't earned. It was just like, oh, here's a cool character from our past that we're gonna use to like for everyone to remember the ending of this movie. Like everyone yeah. liked them. He's Darth Maul. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind Which, of bummer. I mean, I mean, this is the first time in a movie I've actually enjoyed seeing Darth Maul. Yeah, Shut but up. that's not saying a lot. <laughs> like, I know. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying you should take it off your list or anything. I understand. Yeah. I mean, it is definitely above the prequels, but weaker than other star, other star Wars movies. I think it's, but, uh, episode three, you are terrible man. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I feel like down in front podcast will not be returning next week. (laughs) (laughs) These wrap ups are just like killing us. That should definitely be mentioned about it is, That the overall social media negativity that came out about it is not really justified for the type of movie that came out. I think it is. I don't if, think if, so. If you're going to announce a movie and then they everyone's like, 
a solo series and then everybody was like no how dare you you've ruined my life no they didn't well yeah obviously internet people are stupid but but i think if that many people come out and be like hey this isn't the story that we want to see maybe tell a different story rogue one was an interesting story it was a nothing it didn't have anything to do with anything solo had a ton to do who is kira who is Kira? Like, why? He found out. Like, four years later, he's in love with Princess Leia. Like, like legitimately, no negative thoughts. When he's in Jabba's palace, he's just like, oh, yo, like, I really hope that Leia saves me, not Kira. The, how do you do that? It's um, It was dumb. Sorry. Oh, we're taking up way too much time on this. It was. Here we go. Number one. <laughs> Most disappointing film of 2018. Brylan, what you got? My most disappointing film of 2018 is not only is it an absolutely terrible movie, but it was a movie that actually had a lot of great promise because of the creative team behind it, which is The Predator. And it's a movie so bad, they should never make another Predator movie ever again. Um, I actually got super excited because I heard Shane Black was back on board. He wrote the first Predator, which is one of the best action movies ever made. And he was even in the original Predator. You would think he's a guy that knows he gets Predator. And unfortunately, that does not happen. He wrote and directed the Predator. And it was one of the most god-awful callbacks to original films i've ever seen where they do some terrible lines where the group of soldiers like get to the choppers and they show a bunch of motorcycles in the uh background it's like most awful thing ever there's a whole scene in a hotel where everybody's kind of deciding whether or not they want to have sex with olivia munn and oh my gosh it's such a creepy scene it's ill and then the whole idea of what can hurt a predator is a giant predator is terrible and it's like how do we protect the world from predators let's get a predator suit in a scene where uh boyd holbrook surprisingly gains 30 pounds (laughs) to film this last scene and it is it's just awful from minute one and it never stops being awful I would say one thing I appreciated was at least it had some goriness to it, but they totally forgotten what made the Predator such an awesome cinematic villain in the first place. And I don't want to see any more Predator movies because of this movie. I'm sure we will get another Predator movie. I cannot agree with you more, Brylan, on every point you made. This Reviewing this movie was so fucking difficult because it's, we got to talk about something that was maybe good, and that was the shortest part of the, of the review. <laughs> um, I think if they would have took a solo approach and tacked on a scene at the end, I really, really wish they either brought back Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Predator Killer, yeah. something that was fun, or something that was just not what would... Any other... Like re- resolution. Heck, of I would have taken been a bad. god-awful CG young Arnold that was in that pod and say, oh, we cryo-froze Dutch because he actually killed a predator. Before. Yes. So anything else. 
Like g- anything else would have been better. Even the fact that the little kid had the same clothes on at the end of the movie bothered the shit out of me. So, oh, and I just totally forgot he he is somehow the key to the future of the entire human race. That that movie is so problematic. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> okay, Blue, what you got for your number one most disappointing film of 2018? Christopher Robin. Oh, bother. <laughs> oh, bother. Yeah, that movie made me almost cry for the first time in 30 years. Uh, in the first five minutes of the film. And then just did nothing with that. It That movie had no idea what to do with itself. And pretty much died in obscurity because of it. Like, there were some pretty cool moments. Uh, like, actual... Uh, what's his face? Christopher Robin killing Nazis, which we found out months later in a today I learned on Reddit that that was a true thing. If you go back and listen to this, is why do you would do end of year podcast is to get you to listen to all the previous podcasts. So go back and listen to the Christopher Robin one. Uh, Your download counts. Um, But when we joke about it throughout the hour and a half review of that about Christopher Robin killing incrementally more massive amounts of Nazis throughout the thing. She did that. That was a real thing. And then the whole rest of the movie sucked. Like they just, they had no idea. It was like a little girl plot plus Obi-Wan Kenobi and nothing (laughs) made sense. And no one cared about any of it. Like, and Haley Atwell was in it. Yeah. For no reason. Like why? (laughs) Who cares? Um, Winnie the Pooh was a marked point of my childhood when I was like five and under. And to see a movie like that just go get promoted so well and then just get so terrible after the first 10 minutes was just soul crushing. Yeah. And also to mention that growing up with Winnie the Pooh and he's being a lovable, timeless character for a lot of kids out there. It's the first time I've seen the design of Winnie the Pooh look like it's from a horror film, that it's nightmare fuel. And one scene that gave me like cleaning PTSD was when he started spilling honey all over a house. You know how hard it is to get honey off of tables and papers (laughs) and shit. That's horrible. I can't, I couldn't stand that scene at all. It, actually had chills go down my spine when I saw that. Who do you think killed more people? Christopher Robin or that honey on Bryland? Because Bryland <laughs> is a cat and has nine lives. Uh, Christopher Robin. Sure. <laughs> Christopher Robin. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is one that I'm going to happily sort of disagree because I love this movie, especially the voice acting and the philosopher who is Winnie the Pooh and how that was just kind of transformed on screen, uh, especially talking about getting old and what it takes to be getting old, losing your imagination, losing a bit of your life, losing your childhood, uh, passing on the torch, motivation, like what does it take to kind of keep going? Um, I like just sitting and thinking about this film and just kind of watching this film itself. This is definitely a film that I think I'll even purchase um, and definitely kind of watch again because I really did enjoy this movie. I definitely agree with you, though. They needed to choose a tone because there was kind of two movies mashed into one here. There was one darker tone and there was one a bit lighter and it was a little complicated and a little more funny. Um, 
I like the overall design, especially because it's gotten to the point where it was a little creepy because Christopher, I mean, uh, Winnie the Pooh was so realistic looking that we've never seen that before. So it was a little uncomfortable to see it for the first time. So I get it. Um, I like where they were going. I, I like what they did for the movie. Um, I really did love this movie. So uh, it's cool. All right. So as we wrap up my most disappointing film from 2018, we actually already mentioned. So it's bad times at the El Royale. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, the reason why this movie sucks for me was the fact that they had to redo and resend out a, the soundtrack of the movie that they finally have this award-winning Broadway actress, Cynthia Erivo, who went out and actually sang the soundtrack and the songs that she was supposed to sing, like we heard in the trailer. So the fact that that's all that got was released, I think, in November, and that's already like one of the top like ten or fifteen plays from last year, and it got released in November. That's crazy, and like it was such a disservice that the movie did with, with her, with everybody else in that one. So that's why I think it was legit a bad movie. So that was fun. Can, can we time. also just give like an honorable mention for Jurassic World Part Two? Absolutely, that movie sucked. Trash, trash movie. I don't think that was, was disappointing because like, we all knew it was going to suck and it sucked. It sucked, suck. It was kind of easy. I mean, there's a bunch of other movies. We can say Hellfest. We can say The Nun. I mean, I, Overlord. I, yeah, there's or a Jurassic lot of movies World, that were bad. But or I definitely Kingdom, least, whatever the hell they're calling it right now. That movie sucked. I can't believe you made the, me go see that. I at least the Brachiosaurus died nobly. <laughs> He but it should have just walked out of the water. <laughs> you asshole. No, it didn't die nobly. It should have walked in the water and still breathed because it was 19 feet above the water line. And then the fucking lava wouldn't get on it. Oh, God. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. God, I hated right. that movie. But it wasn't so, disappointing. It just sucked. As we transition, we're going to transition and talk about our best movie moments of 2018. So not necessarily the movie. So we're going to do kind of the same thing. Um, go from three to two to one. And we're all going to um, chat about these moments and selves. So again, this is going to contain spoilers. So I'm just going to throw this out there. Brylan, what you got for your number three best movie moment of 2018? Yeah, it was really tough to put this uh, list together because I think there were some a lot of amazing movie moments this year. Uh, but I, my number three coming in is for a year where we had a lot of good movies come out that bring up the whole idea of racism, hatred, race relations, and everything. Um, being ignorant to other people's needs, uh, feelings, and thoughts, and who they are as people. I would say no other scene culminates this disconnect better than the rap scene from Sorry to Bother You. I'm not going to repeat it here, <laughs> but uh, but when I saw that scene in the movie, I was like, wow, this is brilliant and hilarious and also very thought-provoking all at the same time. I flat out love that scene. Totally. The, the fact that that scene evokes a particular, it's a lot of different feelings and very complex yeah. and the fact that you can sit here in the theater and watch that scene and one person be completely irate and like offended, the other person could be laughing. I mean, it has such a complex uh, emotions that's being kind of poured into that scene, especially when it meant for Calvin at that time. I love, I mean, ugh, I love that scene. That's, that's yeah. such a great call out. Such a great call out. Uh, Blew it. What you got for your number three? 
Yeah, my number three, uh, most best moment, definitely Gaga taking the stage for the last time. First time was amazing. Uh, yeah. You know, Shallow, I won a Golden Globe, like it should win, what is it, an Oscar? Mm-hmm. Could win a Grammy too. Like, Can't, honestly, could win a Grammy. Honestly, yeah. that thing might yeah. might go have legs, but like uh, her singing about her lost husband while really dealing in real life with a lost best friend was phenomenal. And I don't think you'll catch that in another drama for years to come. Like the yeah. amount of emotion behind that was amazing. The subtlety of her attire, what she was wearing, her hair was a regular, her the normal color. She was just kind of wearing the kind of a solid dress. Everything that was against the pop music from what the movie kind of built up her to be. I, I absolutely just thought it was beautiful. I thought it was amazing. And that's just such a great way to um, send off the movie. Mm. Almost got yeah. me. Even more than Christopher Robin. Choked <laughs> me up a little bit. Yeah, it was a very powerful, very emotional scene. Um, this movie we're talking about is A Star is Born, by the way. So oh, just yeah. want to make sure Sorry. everybody knows that. Uh, but yeah, if- I mean, Lady Gaga is definitely coming to her own this past year. And I hope she gets recognized for it. She did win a Golden Globe for Best Song uh, the other night. So maybe she'll get some more awards on it. Um, she better. I mean, she, I don't think there's anything else Oscar. last year. For, there was no other song. I think that it was only one other song. I think that came close, and that was Sunflower, um, and that was from you know Enter the Spider Verse. So that was the only other song I think that can compete. Uh, if you're giving those ones, uh, I think Kendrick had a couple from Black Panther. Yeah, all the yeah, songs. But they, but, be, yeah, but it wasn't. Y- yeah, I, I see that. I just don't think that had anything. Did that, it portray, that song was did it already out before the, the movie, movie scene. Came out. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, Kendrick's, was- Kendrick's work in Black Panther should not be like overstated because like his output was amazing in that album. Um, but as Brown said, like Stars Born had more music that actually tied into it. So we'll see how the uh, the Academy votes. You know, yep. like it'd be an interesting comparison. I don't think there's it's very hard to pick on a neutral playing field. Shallow versus uh, what was that SZA song? Um, all the stars, all the stars. Like it's very hard to pick a better song between the two. Probably stars uh, born should win for best in movie song though. Which is crazy because shallow isn't even the best to me. I don't think shallow is the best song uh, in the movie. So no, but it's <laughs> most pivotal. It's yeah, the one everyone sure. knows for you're sure. not wrong. There's better songs, but I know I'm never wrong. It's still so, on uh, Blue had heard his roommate singing the day after the movie came out. Yeah. Oh, dude, they sang it. They sang it th- no, it wasn't karaoke. We were at a party and we left at three in the morning and they sang it three times in a row. Gotta get them pipes, bro. <laughs> uh, my number three best movie moment. I can't believe Briley didn't put this on his list, uh, but it's the short digital short that was right before Incredibles 2. And it was Bao. And guys, everybody, A, I'm sure that this is going to win an Oscar for um, Digital Short, I think it's called, or Short Animated. Animated Short. Animated Short. B, oh my gosh, I've never seen a pairing of a movie that has such love for family and food and just culture. And I'm just, I'm just so glad that we can see 
a digital short that's not stereotypical in any means, or you know, for, at least for me, I didn't think it was stereotypical. Um, but we actually get you know an Asian culture, and it's pretty deep rooted in a a story that really has nothing to do with kind of Asian actor or actresses not, that I know of in The Incredibles too. Um, man, I was like crying. It was me, you know, Megan Arnold and uh, Derek. We were just sitting there drinking a bottle of wine in Minnesota, just like crying our butts off before the movie started. We're like, what is this? So uh, if you haven't had a chance to go, definitely go watch Bao. That, it, yeah. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if it's still available on YouTube for free, but they were showing it for free on YouTube for a while, too. But uh, yeah, I'll totally agree with you. Bal is fantastic. I didn't put it as a moment just because I do look at it as a movie, and it's probably the best Disney animated movie of 2018. Uh, if I was making a top 10 list, it would definitely be on there. I can't knock that. We got uh, number two. So uh, I'll start here. And this was a bit of a shocker for me uh, because I was really battling to add this movie to my top three, but I couldn't. So I at least wanted to add it somewhere. And holy shit, I had a holy shit sort of fight club sort of um, uh, crap, uh, unbreakable sort of moment uh, like M. Night Shyamalan back in the day. Uh, Movies called Tully starring Shalice Theron. And we find out that the reveal that there was ever there was never a night nanny at all, and Shirley Theron's character was doing it all. She was like super, like working herself to the bone, and was basically has manifested this other character that she was talking to for. We say about like maybe 80 percent of the movie that was felt real was actually there and like deeply rooted in it, and it was such an absolute amazing performance. In this movie, for both you know, actors, act, actresses in here, but once you find that out that she's in the hospital and they talks about you know what's her mating name, you're like, oh shit, her maiden name's Tully, and it just gets so sad. It's, it's such a heartbreaking moment, but it's such a beautiful moment though. Um, so that that by far was a a, a big one for me. That movie yeah. is criminally underrated. That yeah, was very very good good scene. Yeah, I think one thing that makes that scene actually work so well in that movie is that they spend so much time making the movie feel so lived in, like almost where you can kind of feel like you can actually sense how dirty and disheveled Charlize Theron is throughout the movie from her dirty clothes, from not taking baths and stuff like that and having to deal with these kids and breastfeeding and another kid along the way and everything that you do see uh, Mackenzie Davis's character as the uh, night nanny that she is all very put together and everything. I didn't really catch on to that at all during the movie just because the world feels just so real. And then when mm-hmm. they do add something that's very fantastical to it, it throws you for a loop and it's amazing how they do it. Yeah, it just heightens the movie so much. I think one of the most beautiful scenes from the movie itself was when, you know, in the end we get to the fact that at first she started brushing her son's arms because that's what calms him down. And then at the end, she's, he, he just goes, I just kind of want to be with you. I just want to hang out with you. <laughs> God damn it. So love, I love, love Tully. And I think everybody else would, even if you just got spoiled, you'll still very much enjoy that film. For sure. Okay. <clears throat> Gotta compose myself. Brylan, number two. 
Uh, my number two favorite moment or moments of uh, 2018 is any death-defying action scene from Mission Impossible Fallout that Tom Cruise is risking his life for making a great scene happen. Whether it's trashing, I mean, not trash, but destroying a bathroom where they fight some bad guys or running across rooftops in London where he breaks his ankle, uh, driving in Paris and getting hit straight on by a car in Paris or hanging from a helicopter and dropping 100 feet off of the helicopter or crashing the helicopter into a mountain. Uh, every like action scene in that movie is exhilarating and done so damn well um, that, yeah, Tom Cruise, keep on doing your crazy stuff because it's fun to watch. Um, I mean, there's just so many great action moments, especially in a, day, in a time where a lot of people rely on CG to make amazing things happen and bring epic feels that they were able to take lives, uh, locations and sets and take stuntmen and Tom Cruise up into a heli- uh, plane and do a halo jump and build a special rig and everything so they could capture a halo jump, which if y'all don't know, I mean, ice is frozen and at that, at that height and everything. And so you'd think a camera lens would crack in a second if you actually jumped out of a plan at that height but they did it they pulled it off and it's fantastic to see what they actually were able to make and also because it was the first film i saw in dolby cinema every single one of those scenes looked absolutely amazing i mean i do have to give it to you Uh, as much as i didn't quite like the movie like I, i could not stop watching because of his stunts and the fact that they didn't even the fact that they didn't even draw any attention to the halo jump, it was just kind of the normal background thing. It, that's what I really enjoyed about it because it's gotten that crazy that you can easily just insert that in with the first, what you say, 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then they just, we're, we're good. It, it only gets crazier from here. So um, good on you. Get on you, TC. I hope in the next Mission Possible, they, uh, he leaps from the moon. To the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. You never know. You yeah. never know. Might as well go for bro. Yeah. Why, <laughs> why not, bro? Blue, what you got for your number two? Yeah, my, my number two, last 30 minutes of Annihilation. Seriously, that was amazing. Like, I don't think my butthole has clenched that hard in years. <laughs> I know I said this, it was uh, since... Um, Dunkirk. Honestly, this movie was more intense than Dunkirk. This movie had strong female characters that Ghostbusters wish it had. Mm. And they'd never there was no there's nothing for it. And the the scene where they had the person mimic uh Natalie Portman's movements was so unbelievably well done and well lit and well acted, well performed. Like it will never get nominated for any award, but it should be, you know? Um, yeah, go see that movie. Good Lord. That movie was phenomenal. The one's fantastic. Um, but what stays with me the whole time is the mutated bear. I mean, that, yeah, Mm, that still freaks me out. I mean, I'm kind of nervous of rewatching that movie because I remember I, there were just this uneasiness, after I saw that movie of like I don't I don't quite know what to think in a good way though. Um 
So I, I, I feel like that's one of the movies that could ruin your day. That's my only thing of you'll be really into your mind. You'll be into your feels a lot. So um, that'll be the only thing I say about that movie. But absolutely love love that movie. It's amazing. But that movie's phenomenal. Like if uh, like I think it, you should watch it at the end of your day because Warren, you're right. Like you'll you just want to go to bed after that. Yeah, yeah for but, sure. Dream on it. Yeah, but like. Every, from the moment they start, it's so freaking good. They have so many amazing actresses in this, and they utilize them all to the peak of their ability. Freaking awesome. Oh. All right. With the beautiful drum roll. So let's talk about our best movie moments of 2018. Number one. Brylan, what you got for me? My number one best movie moment of 2018 is Miles' leap of faith from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. When we get to this point in the movie, not only we've have we've already been bombarded with just some amazing animation and visual creativity, but also um, an incredible um, origin story for a new Spider-Man, but also this great family coming together of Spider-People that need to get together to either save the day and also get home as well. And then when it's to the point where we see Miles struggle with how to use his newfound powers and everything, that point where he chooses to be Spider-Man is so poetic and perfect on note when it comes to the visual style, but also the music playing at the same time is when he leaps off and you see the glass break under his hands and he starts diving into the city. And then in the middle of the, of the uh, uh, leap as he's falling down, they spin it where it looks like he's rising up and everything. And I just like, wow, that is amazing. If you want someone to become a hero, there's no better visual way of explaining what does it mean to become a hero than that one single moment. That movie is absolutely phenomenal. Um, It should run away with best animated film um, via the Oscar. It won the Golden Globe. Uh, it should win a bunch of other awards. I mean, the voice acting was god dang on point, and it's surprising because um, Brian Henry, Brian Henry, Brian Tyree Henry, Brian, yeah, Brian, Brian Tyree Henry, Marshall Ali, uh, Shami Moore, like Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage <laughs> was great in it. I mean, there's Nick just Miller. Um, there's just so much that they put in that movie that. It it just stunned me how gorgeous that it. I thought it was. I it stunned me how gorgeous it was. I hadn't even seen that before in a Pixar film, and so that it it kind of transcended that. So um, I said it again. I mean, Sony just don't make any more non-animated movies. You're good if all you all of them going to be like this or half as much as this. You're good. Um, so man, it was such a good. One. I, I I'm actually gonna. I'm I'm excited to go check that back. And uh, check it out back in theaters again because that was such a, a beautiful experience. Yeah, it's playing in Dolby at South Bay. Oh, perfect. I know where I'm taking my date. Blew it. What you got for your number one moment from 2018 movie moment? Da 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 da. Da 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 da. That's Jurassic Park. <laughs> I didn't think I got it wrong. Oh, God. I was like, Jurassic Park? Yeah, no, I was like, that was terrible. Oh, no, Avengers, Thor, Wakanda. That's the coolest freaking thing. 
I think I punched a small child next to me. (laughs) They were were so jazzed up. And then about 14 seconds later, I punched them in the face. And then about 15 minutes after that, they watched their hero Spider-Man disappear into the ether. That was a bad night for that (laughs) four-year-old. You punched a four-year-old in the face, and you think the worst thing was seeing Spider-Man disappear? Dude, when Thor showed up, it's like, pow! (laughs) Reality hit you, motherfucker! That, uh, that is like that made that moment does make all the geek feels just it's, run it's still for you. it's still me i just watched that movie again and it still <laughs> still gives like oh gosh i get I was, <laughs> I was finishing up a tv series on netflix the other day while going to work and i saw next to it oh they added infinity war i own this movie but let me watch this scene again <laughs> yeah, while, you never, you know, you, you never right before i go to work i need some motivation through. you know where it yeah. is yeah <laughs> Such a good thing. He needs the axe. <laughs> Tree. <laughs> oh, such a good moment. Okay. And that is from I Infinite am Groot. <laughs> I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> such a good moment. My number one best movie moment of 2018 is going to come from, uh, I guess it's going to be the last maybe 15, 20 minutes of Black Panther. Um, in particular, is when Eric is speaking to T'Challa about. Uh, how he doesn't want to be saved from the technology and how he actually wants to die. Um, And we talked about a lot of, you know, uh, were these two people like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. of uh, the hatred that was he and that's kind of bringing into him. But it was also more along the lines of, it, it definitely kind of felt like it gave it hope because if you shut yourself off from love and kind of helping other people that T'Challa and the entire, you know, nation of Wakanda was doing, you're not, doing any help at all and if anything you know eric and i don't like to call him killmonger because that's not his name uh but you know eric was the main person who was trying to help other people as much as possible and although he was doing it in more of an aggressive maybe evil fashion he did have some good intentions of there's people suffering all over the world that's looking like us and y'all sitting here looking pretty like it's it is crazy how like his character alone was really really flawed, but it wasn't his fault. And so uh, some of it was. He's definitely not innocent by any means. So I I think you know Black Panther as a whole for what it means to be, uh, they can make something like this from somebody who looks like me, and also somebody who's going to look like my children growing up, and my nephews and nieces, and everybody who's you know of colored people it's okay it's okay it's okay to feel that way like the nation of wakanda is flourishing but it's only going to get better once you open up your arms and accept other people around you and out there i really like the message that it was kind of sending and it really really made you think um that damn marvel they can do something a little bit more than just surface level what people think right i don't think a lot of movies not a marvel movies is not surface level this one was for sure didn't come from there it came from uh, a place of heart and a place of soul so uh that was pretty pretty dope so yeah, yeah i mean fantastic ending to that movie that um that it just it's you don't see those type of scenes in a blockbuster film a lot and for them to take the time and the effort to uh, introduce you to a character like Eric, but also um, be able to pay it off so well. It means a lot to a lot of people, and I think it means a lot to more people because I I'm sure it definitely opened people's eyes that 
won't go out and see a movie like Black Klansman. That they went and saw their superhero movie, and then they were just like, oh. Oh, shit. There's some injustice out there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't do it the Eric way, but let's see what we can do about yeah. it. I'll say this. That CGI battle sucked. No, it didn't. Oh, no. Between uh, Black Panther and Killmonger, awful. It made up for the, the last five minutes of that movie was heartbreaking. His speech at the end was one of the best things I think I've heard this year. And the yeah. first the first hour and a half of that movie was unbelievable. Um, the C- they shouldn't have CGI'd it. Okay. The, I, so- I agree with Warren. The last five minutes was <laughs> one of the best moments of this year, though. All right. So we are here. We are at our best, our top three best movies of 2018 so beautiful drum roll i'm gonna toss it over to the shredder blew it what is your best movie number three of 2018 so we do tv shows here as well sometimes yes and i would like to be the sometimes because i think it's one in one in nine right now uh haunting of hill house that show did two things. One, it was terrifying for the first four episodes. The fifth episode was freaking amazing. And mm. then the last four or five were very interpersonal drama based. Um, every bit of that show was deserved the hype that it got. It was so freaking good from so many different angles. And I hope they don't do a second one. I I'm, I really hope they don't. I think I went back and looked at, and it was a very small scene. I mean, I even showed Emma, and I don't think she, and she was like, "You just a random scene." So like, maybe it was just me. But the scene that um, the father and the eldest son is driving back, and he's telling him the stories of, "Oh, you saw a ghost." He's like, "What are you talking about? Like, you saw a ghost? You know, it was in your book. It was there. It's kind of like the markings on the clock." And he had in. Um, uh, he's told the story of like there's markings on like fixing an old wooden like uh clock. How he actually saw ghosts, and it was just the way that they kind of laid it out and just kind of presented itself. I thought it was really great. I, I love that show. My goodness, I could I didn't that's probably the only show I binged that fast, and I was fucking scared out of my ass, but it was still great. So, uh, definitely go check that out because that's still actually on Netflix right now. And so I definitely would say that is. That is a good. Uh, that's a good. Uh, good choice. Good selection. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, kudos to you for sticking to what uh, spoke to you this past year. Mm-hmm. As Brylan's way of saying, you didn't follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> you justified it though, which is this, this is a down from podcast. We review multiple things. That's true. We don't need many rules. Just the few that matter. Where we go. We don't need rules. Uh, Brylan, what you got for your number? Th- no, it was bad. <laughs> number three, Brylan, what you got? Uh, my number three movie of 2018 is Alfonso Cuaron's Roma on Netflix. Uh, this movie is one of those movies that just means a lot to a certain group of people, but also is just a beautiful story of a housekeeper that is kind of a slice of life. But uh, it's also peppered with all these interesting 
uh, moments of what's happening in Mexico in the 1970s. And this movie really inspired me just because I was, I became more and more curious about learning about what was 1970s Mexico city like. And so I started reading up about, um, about uh, the president at that time and also about like just some random character like uh, i think his name was Prof- professor zorak which was like this uh television personality slash strongman that went around and showed all these feats of strength to people around mexico but in the heart of it it is about family it is about who makes up family and it's also about um what happens when there's loss in family, and we do see some significant loss here. Uh, whether it's a um, whether it's a a partner actually leaving and doing infidelities, or losing losing a child as well, and it is one of the toughest scenes I've ever seen in a movie. But all at the same time, you're getting something out of it, and. Alfonso Cuaron, we know that he can make beautiful films, and this movie throughout every single scene is just shot so well. And I think it being in black and white really helps out with it. Um, I also think it's really cool that not only are we getting subtitles just because everything's in Spanish, everything takes in, takes place in Mexico, but they also um, definitely put a focus on a specific indigenous group of people that live in Mexico, which is the Mixteco people. And they even are giving them their own separate subtitles, and we see that difference. But they're still part of this culture, and it's interesting to see how everybody has to just come together and learn to live with one another, despite their differences, and also despite the losses and the heartbreak that they've actually either shared or had to deal with alone as well. So, fantastic movie. Definitely watch it if you haven't. I haven't seen it. Um, I can't speak on it just yet, um, but it is getting a good amount of buzz. I mean, it won Best Director for uh, Best Director for the Golden Globe, and it also won Best Foreign Film. Yeah. Um, so, I effectively, I haven't seen it. I know you're smiling, Brylin. I haven't seen it, but when I will see it, I will then proceed and let you know how I feel about this movie. So I would go my number three best movie of 2018. Oh, I really wish that this was in a wider release. Um, I felt like it only played at two AMC's, um, one in uh, Boston Common, and the other one is in Framingham. Was the closest one. Um, and then they had like a couple of the kind of smaller theaters. But if Bill Street could talk, um, directed by Barry Jenkins. It's just a gorgeous look. Like the film itself is absolutely gorgeous. The score is absolutely gorgeous. The acting was completely on point about a couple uh, a couple of kids who kind of grew to love each other. And it's basically, it felt like it just kind of a love story. And you're just kind of going through the love story itself. And you kind of picked up where we find out that she's um, going to have Fani's baby. Um, but we also find out why Fani is in jail. So it's a nonlinear storytelling about, you know, basically what it means to be, you know, black and in love in Brooklyn and dealing with kind of police brutality and police hardships and, you know, racisms. And um, it, it, it was everything that I wanted in a movie. Um, I really, really love this movie a lot. I, I it just, it was kind of a bummer because, 
as much as I love La La Land, this felt like this was the exact opposite of La La Land in the best way possible. Uh, way more realistic, way more down to earth. It was based on James Baldwin's book. Um, so just everything about this movie has heart. Um, everything about this movie was very like gorgeous, and it was it wasn't like over the top too. Um, you try to figure out why Fonny's in jail and. It just so happened more like the again, not quite slice of life, but it's like, hey, this shit is happening today. This happened for a lot of reasons why black men go into jail for things they didn't do. They take plea deals for something they didn't do because that may be better than them just staying in the jail, rotting away with no chance of ever being released. Um, so I, I definitely implore if people can actually go see this movie. And like again, it's tough to watch. We went out to Framingham to watch it with Emma's parents, which was amazing. Um if you get a chance to watch this movie, please do, because it, it probably is going to change a lot of people's lives, even the color palette itself. And I think at one point they're walking up the street and they have this solo um, light that's just being kind of shined on. There's not too much other light is clearly dark and their umbrella is red and it wasn't even raining. And so the light was shining off of the red umbrella from them and the just the vibrant colors that was from that scene alone is just amazing. Um, so definitely go check that out. That's, you know, it it, it had definitely had, and I just saw this movie too. So it's, you know, it clearly could be kind of more fresh in my mind, but from everything else that happened, uh, it was a beautiful, it was amazing. So if Bill Street can talk was amazing. Regina King also won a Golden Globe for her for a supporting actress and she absolutely killed it too in this film so definitely go check that out yeah and uh barry jenkins is the one that did moonlight right he is all right should i watch that before i see this movie you know that's get a, a sense of how he makes movies? that's a, yeah that's a good question um these two i mean uh, you know black people are predominant in both movies um probably just to get a sense of it i, I don't think you have to at all yeah. Um, but I think Moonlight was definitely much more of a wide release than this was, which is a little bummer. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people didn't like Moonlight too, for whatever reason. Um, I'd be surprised if somebody doesn't like this movie. I'm curious to see why. I also heard, uh, Brian Tyree Henry actually has a very positive role in this movie too. Well, it's, it's less stereotypical than the movie, this roles he's been getting. Uh, I mean, so it's it's questionable, right? I, questionable. I know I okay. I know that we said that oh, we'll spoil this movie. I don't I'm not I don't want to spoil this movie for yeah. anybody. <laughs> um, it's a questionable because he's a black guy that's just getting out of jail, so okay. that is very stereotypical, right? But right. then you start figuring out, well, why did he go to jail in the first place? So okay. it it starts becoming a bit more complex, and it, it, everything is not black and white like the world. You know, everything is not black and white. Um. So people just need to start living in the gray and have a little bit more acceptance. Yeah. So I think it's always great. All righty. Brylin, number two, best movie of 2018. The number two best movie of 2018 for me is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. This is not only the best animated film of 2018. It's also the best superhero film of 2018. Um, it just shows what you can make when you let creators be creative and you just let them loose and let them make the movie that they envision. Uh, I mean, first off, the visuals are fantastic. It's, it shows that 
when you put multiple mediums together, you can actually create something that you haven't seen before. I mean, there's definitely a lot of CG in here for the animation and everything, but it's also layered on with like some practical uh, elements to add to the visuals and give them a, like a very animated comic book feel. Like, I mean, we've seen like recently people have been trying to make motion comics and they're these very stilted things online. I mean, this might be the first true motion comic that's been put out. And I love that this movie even starts by showing the comics code seal at the very beginning of it. And I was just happy and geeking out all the time because every single frame of this uh, you see like, oh, what would happen if a color of a comic book, uh, when you print it, the colors got misaligned. And so you have misalignment of color. Uh, you also have the little comic dots that can pop up from uh, ink not getting totally into a comic. Uh, and it just builds a world that you want to visit over and over again. And it starts off with a fantastic origin story for Miles Morales that this can be someone's first Spider-Man uh, experience and they would understand who Spider-Man is, what it means to be Spider-Man and fall in love with Spider-Man all throughout. Not only is it funny, but also it's also very heartfelt. And one thing that I started to think about, I heard, uh, one of the like moments that what defines Spider-Man that really stays with me that I heard from a, um, former journalist, but also he's a, uh, TV writer now, Mark Bernardin, uh, he was mentioning on a podcast that he does that a key part of Sp Spider-Man's origin is that his uncle has to die. Mm. And even though that's pretty well known, you still don't see Aaron's death coming. At least I didn't. And, I, and it's just still so heartbreaking and what it means to Miles and what it means to Jeff at this in that and also what it means about parenting in a modern society that we see Miles is this young, precocious teenager that wants to do his own thing. He's nervous about going to a new school, but also we see that uh, Jeff and Rio are very caring parents, and it's good to see that uh, they're hardworking parents and everything. They want the best for him, but also it's at that moment where it's like, is it time to let him kind of start choosing things for himself or do we need to still protect him or anything? And I bet that's a tough choice for any parent uh, that when they get to that moment in their lives as well. Uh, not only is it fantastic visually, um, but also you got a great cast here uh, from people that can bring the funny like John Mulaney to uh, people that can actually give you a very lot a lot of depth of character like Mahershala Ali and Shamik Moore. Um, but also along the way, the soundtrack is, as the young kids say, it slaps. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I had barely heard of any of the uh, of the musicians on the soundtrack before I listened to it, but I haven't stopped listening to it because it's just so good. Uh, so I want to see more um, stories told in this Spider Verse, and I want them to continue make this into its own franchise. I'd love to see that. Damn it, you got me with that again. I didn't even see that one come <laughs> this time. I just mind my own business. It's like, oh shit, here he goes. Uh yeah, if you haven't seen this movie again, I mean I'm 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 not gonna spend too much time raving about it, but it's absolutely amazing. So definitely go check it out. Um 
I just never like just to show the Spidey sense and the way that it just kind of pops off the screen. Also, watching it in 3D was also very, very, very good. So definitely go check out that movie because you will not be sad. Blue, what you got for your number two? Stars Born. Go see that movie. Seriously, it's the best drama that's come out in a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a fantastic movie. Oh, dude, um, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Bradley Cooper, amazing actor. Very, very good director. Mm. Got that's lucky mid- with Gaga, too. I mean, Gaga, like, her songwriting is just makes the movie. But seriously, go see that movie. Uh, honestly, it's probably the most most talked about movie I've had this year. Mm, I mean, just, that's that I've just told people to go see see it, notwithstanding the the my number one pick. But like, Fair. I think most people have seen that movie, so I think this movie hasn't been seen by everyone. That but everyone should go see it. Yeah, and also, I mean, even though Bradley Cooper and Gaga are definitely like the stars of this movie, and I love how Bradley Cooper frames the scenes of this, getting like almost uncomfortably close up uh, on the concert, uh, on the music, on the performance scenes, but also uh, just when two people are talking to one another. I also think it's good to shout out uh, Andrew Dice Clay and Sam Elliott have Mm. some fantastic supporting roles in this Mm -hmm. as well. And Dave Chappelle. Yep. Yeah, the whole cast is yep. freaking phenomenal. They got lucky. I mean, the, every single one of them is remarkable at their craft. Yeah. So I would go my second best movie of 2018 is Eighth Grade, um, written by Bo Burnham. This is this is what I felt Lady Bird should have been. I'm not knocking Lady Bird at all, but I think this was a better version of Lady Bird without the stars that it cast and everything. I felt like this was more of a true to life, a realistic story of an eighth grader transitioning, going to high school, going to ninth grade, how she's paired up with a high schooler. And it starts off, she's giving you these motivational speeches, motivational movies and videos. But She's also very shy and kind of sort of awkward. She feels like she's kind of overweight. Like almost everything everybody has thought of, how they felt, any sort of time that you are doubting yourself, your confidence, like who you are, you don't belong. This movie makes it to let you know that you do belong. You're not alone. And it's just such loving and supporting cast all around. I can't even remember who the father is um, for this actual movie or who the high school that she shadows, but... Everything about this movie was like super positive. Um, there was even some more realistic things. It was a very small movie. Um, I don't think it kind of released a lot of different places, but damn, this was such a good movie. Even the main actress got nominated for a Golden Globe for her acting. Um, so if you haven't seen Eighth Grade, it's phenomenal. I mean, I and I got a you know shout out to you know Brylin from what he said. Twenty eighteen, there were just some of these hidden gems that were just take your breath away immediately uh, and just leave you crying in your theater, thinking this was perfect and how can I do this again? So that was definitely Eighth Grade um, in a nutshell. All right, this is exciting because I don't know what you guys are going to say. Number one, what you thought was the best movie of 2018, Mouth of the South. Brylin, what do you got? 
My favorite movie of 2018 was Yorgos Lanthimos's The Favorite. Um, well, I mean, listen to our podcast if you want to hear me just gush on how amazing this movie is. But this movie is has it all. I mean, if you want humor, if you want great drama, if you want to uh, be surprised by a movie just affecting you so much, even though it's a period piece set in early 18th century England, it is, uh, it feels fresh and it feels that it's also really good of just reflecting on things that happen today as well when it comes to politics and the power plays behind politics. Um, Emma Stone and Rachel Weiss are definitely bring in a lot to this movie and have a great rivalry going through the whole movie. But then Olivia Coleman throughout this whole film is acting on a whole nother level. And she deserves every single award that she gets because this has been one of the best performances I have seen probably in the last decade. Um, that this is a significant like acting performance that's going to be remind remembered for a long long time um also the writing in this is some of the most clever writing and freshest writing i've uh heard in a long time and it amazes me that this script was started almost 20 years ago as well and it feels fresh and new and that you can uh get a lot of impact out of it uh this is the first time i've seen one of yorgos's movies blew it i know you love the lobster I don't know if anybody's seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer, but this is my first experience to it, and I love his way of just taking um, taking things that shouldn't work, and they work amazingly well, like fisheye lens through a castle is fantastic. And having these odd title cards just separate different scenes with these mundane phrases, but even how the title cards just come up onto the screen is over time, they become more and more funny, but also more and more ominous about what's happening in this movie. And I haven't seen a movie end on a single shot and be layered over and layered over with this single shot that means so much uh, ever in a movie. So go see this movie. It is fantastic. It is hands down one of the best movies I've seen in quite a while. Each and every one of the actresses got nominated uh, for a Golden Globe. I'm sure they're going to get nominated for an Oscar, uh, which is kind of funny because they were all sitting at the same table and the camera just kind of panned over from one to the other. Uh, but Olivia Coleman, I think, actually won the Golden yep. Globe for um, lead actress, I believe, in a comedic or something like that. Um, I love this movie. It, it's, yeah. it's just, it is very, very good. Such a good film. Yeah, I, I just hope uh, as the award season goes that at least Nicholas Holt will get a supporting actor nomination for something because he's also amazing in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think he's great, but if they have to choose, they they, they got to choose some. They can't have everybody in one movie, right? And so there's a bunch of other movies, obviously, that it comes down to, you know, picking the best. Um, I don't think he holds a candlestick to any of the leading ladies in this movie. Oh, no. So that'll that'll be my that'll be my only yeah for sure but that'll be my only reason why he's probably not going to get a nomination, um, but he could because I know that there's obviously obviously males and stuff like that but we'll see. Yep. My number one best movie 
in 2018 is Won't You Be My Neighbor? It is the movie slash biography documentary of Fred Rogers. And my goodness, everybody in the theater was bawling, crying. And it was such a huge, just amazing work. Um, it's from the same director who actually did Abstract, which is on Netflix. It talks about the different um, creators and designers uh, and their passions about it. So I'm glad that he kind of had a chance to kind of translate to this film, get Mr. Rogers' family to kind of talk about some pieces. And he kind of spliced in some of these episodes that really talked about the impact, which was, you know, a little bit before I was even born, but he did actually kind of splice it together to show not only does it has an impact, but again, you are loved. You, you, it's okay to be different. And I just think spreading so much love in the world and what he was trying to do, it, it was just absolutely amazing. I mean, I love Miss. I mean, I'm still on my kick. I want to season I think five now. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm still going. It's <laughs> it's a long. It's gonna be a long. It's a long way, but uh, it's it's by far one of the most uh, loved shows ever that I've ever had an experience. Um, TV show, watching a TV show, but watching this movie was just so amazing, just to kind of relive, um, especially with. You know, all the hatred from the politics and all the other movies that we saw um, watching this movie during the summer. And it's like right above 90 minutes. I mean, it's an hour and 34 minutes. So, I mean, it's super short, but whew, it hits you with a straight wallop in the feels, but it definitely lifts you up. And it's it, it's sad because you don't want it to end because you want Mr. Rogers here today um, just to continue to keep talking. Um, and so. If you haven't seen it, surprisingly, that is still in theaters, which I just looked up right now. I was about to buy it, but I'm like, I'm going to go watch this in theaters again tomorrow. Um, So it's actually still in theaters. Uh, I imagine they're probably going to be bringing these movies back, some of the top films back in theaters within the next month or so. Um, But if you haven't seen it, Won't You Be My Neighbor? It's amazing. I I can I think this thing has a ninety nine percent right now. I want to know who's the asshole that didn't give it a hundred percent. I'm curious about it, but it has a ninety nine percent. And this thing came out in the summer, so just just think think about that of how long it would take to still stay at almost a perfect movie, or you know, damn there a perfect movie. Um, and it still had a plot. It still had characters or people. It still had a message. It was driving. So it's not like it was just a documentary. That was a, a, a faithful. It was a truly an amazing movie. So much so that I kind of want to watch Daniel the Tiger because I didn't realize <laughs> Daniel the Tiger is branched off of this. So whatever yep. I'm done with Mrs. Rogers' Neighborhood, I'm probably going to check out Daniel the Tiger. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. This is probably my biggest movie regret of 2018 that I didn't get around to seeing this in the theaters. And it was probably because I was on vacation uh, watching Daniel Tiger with my nephew. <laughs> <laughs> that, that counts. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't wait to see this just because uh, Mr. Rogers is definitely on that pantheon of human kindness right up there with Steve Irwin uh, and many other people that just kind of get it that it's like how you treat people is going to matter throughout your whole life. and. Um, if you have ever s- snapped at someone for just because your emotions got the better of you, take a moment to reflect and see what that moment was all about. Was it worth it? And if you feel like you need to go and apologize to someone, do it. Uh, don't think about it. Just do it. Oh, love that, man. 
All right, Blue, and round us off with the best movie of 2018. What's your number one? So, yeah, I was originally going to do the whole uh, best moment uh, of 2018, where I just said the the first, or excuse me, the last two hours and 34 minutes of Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> but that I figured that was the whole movie, so... <laughs> nice. Dude, this movie... Honestly, and spoiler alert for the next section, but like this movie culminated 10 years of straight films like Star Wars. We talked about that earlier with Solo, and that was, you know, a couple years here in the 70s and 80s, a couple years here in the late uh, 90s, early 2000s, and then restarted again. We've had nothing like this. There's nothing... That's been straight through for a solid decade of three films a year culminating in one film. And we have one more to go, too. That's the insane part. But it felt like a a finalized moment, an exhale, if you will, of just like, what the hell did I just watch? Mm -hmm. And if you're a nerd like I am, uh, and ladies don't talk to you much, (laughs) what was that? Instagram. (laughs) Sorry. I thought I just said, so ladies don't talk to you too much. Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, this movie was was exactly what I wanted to see, which is funny because I didn't know what I was going to go see when I saw it. This movie could also be called How Thanos Got His Group Back. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still waiting on Brady to get that six ring so he can just have the Brady six. He gets a gauntlet made yep. to put him on. Yep. I think I think I saw this movie five times in theaters this yeah. year. I, even, I went on a couple dates to this movie, which was bold. Uh, didn't pan out. I brought my mother to it. She still talks to me, so it did pan out. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, what Josh Brolin does in this movie is nothing short of amazing. Uh, of course, he won't get nominated for any awards because... Uh, apparently, uh, people that choose awards and stuff have some type of weird, like res- reservations to give an award to an actor that is acting on the stage and it being filmed and everything. But afterwards, they put a big CG alien on top of them. They say, "Oh, that's not the actor." Mm-hmm. You can't say this about Josh Brolin in this film because every moment with. Thanos's emotions and his convictions and everything, you know, Josh Brolin made that happen the way it feels. Yeah, he definitely had help with a team of creative people to CG his emotions back on there, but you can feel the acting in it. And that's what makes this so memorable is that Thanos is a fully, truly realized character and he has some of the most quotable lines you can ever think of nowadays from a movie. Uh, but also to see him be the star and the Avengers be the, th- the obstacles in his way and how they try to approach the insurmountable task of taking out the most powerful being in the universe. Um, it's, it's an act of futility on their part, but at least they stand up and still show that effort of, Hey, no matter what happens, we're still going to, f- try our best to make sure it doesn't happen. I echo everything. I love every, I, I love yeah. everything about this movie. Yeah. Um, 
I was surprised when people said they didn't like this movie. I couldn't imagine how wrong that they were going to be. Um, so that's crazy. It's crazy talk, but ooh, that's exhausting, guys. That was good. I'm excited for this yeah. next section. So movie to be most excited for in 2019. I do not know of half the movies that was coming out besides stuff that people have told me about. Uh, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So I will toss it over to the infamous Brylin. What is your most anticipated and most excited for in 2019? The movie I'm most excited for in 2019 has to be Star Wars Episode Nine, just because I am the biggest Star Wars fan I know. Um, and... Nope. and um and it's interesting that they brought jj back to make this um ryan johnson i thought made an amazing star wars film with the last jedi um i also love the force awakens the biggest criticism most people said was it was a new hope again but you know what a new hope's a great movie no problem making it again uh but also i've actually fall it it did something that the prequels did it made me actually care about new characters in the star wars film that we were in star wars series that we were introduced to with ray and finn and uh poe um and i'm curious to see how does jj approach this now because ryan johnson's film was so different from other star wars films does he kind of look at that and say let's try to get a little bit more creative or are we going to see something where he feels an obligation to go back to what star wars is for star wars fans um that's uh it's going to be interesting to see how this movie plays out because um there's a lot of there's a lot of unnecessary backlash and also a lot of unnecessary negativity. I think that went to not only Solo but the Last Jedi and the Star Wars franchise as a whole, just because some people on the internet felt betrayed or butthurt by the choices they made in what the in the movies that they made. But you know what? Do those people really matter? They don't. Don't listen to them. Make the movie you want to make, and I hope JJ makes a fantastic movie to end this trilogy of this saga that i've always grown up with and i love dearly i want to see what happens with kylo and ray is this are there questions that haven't been answered yet that need to be answered we're gonna see and i can't wait to see it yeah when does that come out is it in december or is it in this december. uh december okay. yeah it's about a year yeah. from now i'm pretty i'm i'm pretty pumped about that because um it it the last Jedi really felt like it was the end of it. Um, and I already knew that there was one more after it. Um, and thank God Colin Trevorrow is not on the project anymore. Good. Whew. Um, so I'm super pumped that it already feels like the story is over, but we still have so much more to kind of explore. Um, so I'm I'm very excited about the unknown there, and I'm and I love both. I love Last Jedi more than I loved um, Force Awakens, and I love the Force Awakens way more than I loved Empire um, or New Hope. Excuse me, uh, just because it really felt like it wasn't the same movie. It did it deviated from a lot, but you know, who who cares about that kind of small stuff? So, Blue, what you got for me? It's got to be Endgame. 
Seriously. Like what I just said, where it's a culmination of a decade straight of movies. Um, this really is the end of it all. Um, we're going to get Captain Marvel in, uh, what, two months? And uh, Yeah. Yeah, and then after that, we're straight into the end game. Literally, <laughs> it's the name of the movie. Yeah, you know, like it's that. That's it. You know, they've announced nothing but Spider-Man Home, uh, Far From Home, um, which is mostly because it's related to Sony, and Sony has to promote that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did Spider-Man Two and then took a year off just to let it sink, and then they did you know whatever the hell they wanted after that. Um, Kevin Feige's home movies. Yeah, so, oh, seriously, you know, it, it doesn't matter. None of it matters after that. Like, this is this is the end, and then you have to do it all again afterwards. Uh, but this is, I think this is going to be a movie you will need to see that when you're describing to your grandkids what the 2010s were, like, this is part of it. And I sincerely think that it's the end of it's literally the end of an era. When does that come out? April. Okay. I'm probably going to see some people die in it. And it's literally the end of an era. Or people come to life. The snapping. Yeah. Warren, don't even give us like legit. No one knows anything about these movies. Good. It's great. It's amazing, dude. The the first trailer was one of the best trailers I've ever seen because it literally showed nothing. So then why watch it? Got me hyped. <laughs> Got but me you, so freaking pumped. But you knew the movie's coming out. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's good to get some energy in you. <laughs> it's good to get some energy. It's like Kool-Aid. You're like, oh, man, the sugar is not very good to me because I'm... 30 years old and that much sugar is not that great, but I'm still going to drink it because I'm going to get wild on that sugar. Are you <laughs> assuming I drink Kool-Aid? I'm assuming that I drink Kool-Aid. Mm. I don't drink Kool-Aid. Have you seen my lips? <laughs> <laughs> Most excited for 2019. Again, I don't know too many movies that are coming out, but I do know that Jordan Peele is doing another movie and it is called Us. I have no idea what this movie is about. So this pr- section is probably not the best for me. Uh, but I love the fact that he has M'Baku in it. Mm. And um, it's Jordan Peele. And Nakia. Uh, okay, well, I don't need to know who's in it. I don't know those people are in it. Um, <laughs> what? It's great that he has M'Baku. I don't want to know who's in it, though. I already <laughs> saw, I, I saw that. Somebody told me, and I'm like, cool. You can stop talking now. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so I'm super excited. I don't know when this movie comes out. I assume February, hopefully for Valentine's Day. That'd be great. Uh, but that'll be great. So I'm excited for 2019 because I'm definitely going to watch all these movies probably multiple times in the theater. Let's be real. Um, and I'm pumped. And what's that? Yeah. You excited? Well. Yeah. Um, I saw the trailer. I'm not going to tell you anything about the trailer, but. It's good Kool-Aid, man. It's it's awesome. <laughs> What's up with this Kool-Aid reference all of a sudden? What's going on? <laughs> it gave me That's some good energy is. where I'm I'm excited to see it. All right. Is uh DC coming out with a superhero film next year? Yeah, uh, Shazam. Shazam. 
It's coming out very soon. Honestly, it looks oh. very good. I'm very yeah. excited about this. Well, that's the same and guy from uh, Marvel Miss Maisel season two. So yeah. I'm excited and for that. Chuck. Yeah. And Thor. Chuck? Chuck. Yeah, he did a TV show called Chuck. He's what? He's from Thor? He was in Thor. Yeah. What? He's one that's of the. Who? He's one of the. Uh, the what's it called? The Marvelous Three or something? Yeah. The, oh, uh, he has the. Does he have the rapier? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. His hair threw me off. Yeah. Yeah. And Wonder Woman 84 is coming out too. Is that this year? I think it's this year. It can't be. They haven't showed a trailer for it yet. Come Unless it's soon. like December. No, it it's summertime. I think. Really? Interesting. Seems kind of odd. Yeah, whatever. And with that, we. Are the Down and Friend podcast. Thanks so much to tuning in our 2018 wrap up review session. I appreciate everybody's time. Thanks so much for kind of hanging out to us for so long because we are approaching three, four years of doing this. A very you long know. time. Yeah, a very long We're time. Almost out of diapers. Yeah, I, <laughs> not me, bro. It's stocked up. Black Friday sale. <laughs> uh, super pumped. Brylin, where can people find more of your work on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me recommending uh, some of Memphis's best barbecue joints, such as Central Barbecue, The Barbecue Shop, and Germantown Commissary on Twitter at Bryland, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. Uh, you can also find me posting mini movie and TV reviews on Instagram at I am Bryland. I recently put up some on Holmes and Watson, Bumblebee, and a TV show called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. Definitely check it out. That was such a great little review. <laughs> you can find me at uh, Yelp.com when I went and read a couple of reviews from Memphis websites. <laughs> I, spent the last, the I, spent, I spent the last hour and a half being like, yo, man, uh, Memphis, what should I eat there? <laughs> well, Shredder, where can people find more of your work on the interwebs? Yeah, they can find us at uh, Mayanese Music. Uh, also, uh, super group, a friend of the show, Dylan, uh, we're going to be playing together. Uh, nothing official yet, of course. Oh, cool. So no, it's going to be terrible. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, Dylan hit me up. He's like, I'm having a baby. So I need to be cool for when that baby comes out. So, <laughs> uh, also, um, you could find me, of course. Uh, I think I did this last year, but, uh, at Jesse Rand lives in the past, uh, at ymail.com of course uh jesse rand always he has nothing going for him in the future at all so he must live in past events it's fair i mean that makes sense right yeah it's depressing but true Check out more of our work at downinfrontpodcast.com. You can see our bios. You can see our video teasers, a bunch of information in regards to my new spans, friends with blends. We have our game cast information. We have tons of amazing artwork from Mocha. Um, that's going to be up there too, as well as a bunch of our previous recorders and our last call. So we do have a huge segment for our last call. So stay tuned for that. It's definitely a lot of fun. We put more and more information on there. We're just about anywhere and everywhere you find us on the internet. So downinfrontpodcast.com. We're going to be on Facebook, facebook.com slash down in front podcast. We're on Twitter at underscore DIFP. 
And if you want to become a patron, definitely go check that out. Patreon.com slash down in front podcast for, for a little as $1, anything and everything's going to be helpful and it's amazing. So thanks so much for our patrons out there. We definitely do appreciate it. Um, we're also going to be on SoundCloud. So lots of amazing music that uh, Blue has been putting together for our theme music is going to be created by Blue himself. So thanks so much, Blue, for that. And we've been putting some stuff on, kind of checking out this new sort of platform, uh, not quite new as much. But Anchor, so Anchor is pretty cool. So definitely go check out her work there, downinfrontpockets.com. Brylin, tell the people what they've won. As in, what's our next <laughs> review? Our next review is going to be Replicas, starring Keanu Reeves. No. I think, yes. that, I, think I messed up on that one. Uh, Can we get a it is <laughs> It is set in stone. We don't know what this movie is about. Let's not jump to conclusions. Let's, let's think positive energy. And- I would say this. <laughs> There was a January movie that came out last year that blew a lot of people's socks away. I can't remember what it was, though. I'll check it out. But uh, I'm down. I mean, I think at one point, um, was it uh, Deadpool? Did Deadpool come out? Oh, no, that was around Valentine's Day, right? No, I mean, Black Panther came out last February, which blew some socks off. Yeah, but there was a movie. I mean, Jake. But January was supposed to be a crew shock, crew sucks. January is supposed to be a time, like a month where movies go to die. So uh, if you're released in January and if it's not because of the Oscars got put, you got pushed from yeah. last year, usually it's the shittiest movie, shittiest time to release a movie. So, but uh, a futile and stupid gesture came out this time last year. And that was one of my favorite movies of last year. We, we also think- skipped a month. So we did bright and then we did uh Cloverfield paradox, <laughs> which was beginning of February, which that movie yeah. sucked. Cause Captain we watched Luke. it after the Super Bowl. Fucking yeah. T- <laughs> fucking terrible movie. Mm-hmm. That was a terrible Super Bowl too. Yep. Well, thanks so much for tuning in and that was a great Super Bowl. What are you talking about? <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here, dude. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Good night.